Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And I'm your host, Nick Kurowski. And today, uh, I wanted to just start off like, I wanted to do all of these review podcasts and thought it was going to be like fairly easy for me to do. I realized it's a whole lot more. And so probably what's going to be happening, I, I, I'm going to have the next one, the, the, the first part of this episode is going to be me reviewing um, all of the living in 4D. Uh, so all of Paul Check's first ones that came out for the month of January here for 2019. Uh, and then I'm going to just kind of go into the first two weeks of February because it was just way too much of an undertaking. And now I realize like, hey, what I want to share with you guys. Uh, but I still want to give this to you because I, I've realized what it means for me. And you'll you'll hear me go into that a little bit. But it really does make me uh, get a lot more out of the episode. So I'm going to just thank everybody. Thank everybody who's putting these episodes out uh, for that. Uh, but I want to share... Um, my thoughts on things, my thoughts on questions that come up in episodes, because hey, that's what it's about is the the collaboration uh, about health and trying to share it. So please enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Karowski, and today is going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, sorry, uh, today is going to be the uh, first episode that I do where I start just reviewing uh, some of the other podcasts that I listen to, and it's just exciting for me, like I was planning on doing this weekly, uh, right now I'm going to probably do it like every two weeks, maybe every month, I, I'm going to see how it goes, like it took me really almost a month to get into the recordings, either way I have to be at least uh, a week behind so that I can catch up on all the podcasts from the previous week. Uh, so I think I'm going to probably end up doing it like two weeks at a time. Uh, we'll see how it goes for you guys, right? But I want to give you some insights from me because I think this was something that was, uh, it was a project that I wanted to try, but I'm really excited how it's been going because I pay attention very differently than I used to. Uh, I used to pay attention much more passively, I guess, uh, because I didn't have to pick up on things for the podcast, right? I mean, I still don't have to if I don't really want to, and I'm still only going to hear what I guess maybe I want to hear. Um, but I think I'm just picking up new things. Uh, so I'm really excited to be able to share that. And there's always going to be more in these episodes. So I mean, if there's anything or if there's anything that just comes up that you're really interested in, go check it out. Like I have links in the show notes to each podcast that I go through. So if you're like, oh, it was the Paul Check one um, with uh, JP Sears. Uh, spoiler alert, that's my episode of the week anyway. Uh, so that might be the one you want to go back and listen to. Now, overall, I, I just want to give you guys some of the highlights, some of my takeaways. Uh, I'll comment on some of the things that they talked about because I think some of the things are worth being expanded upon. And hey, Let's take it from there. Uh, share with me some feedback. Share wh- what you like. But first podcast that I started listening to uh, this year, uh, that dropped a, a few really on the first week or two, uh, was living uh, in 4D with Paul Check. Now, I am so excited. This is 
finally out, finally here, uh, because Paul does a ton of YouTube videos, and I really appreciate that. I just don't really watch videos much. Uh, so that he has a a podcast is is I'm so excited about, and I, I think you guys should be too. Uh, I think anybody. He speaks to health on so many levels with so many different people, and I really think that he's kind of trying to strike a, a tune with my demographic, right? That 30-something male interested in health, really trying to, to stay on track with it, uh, and especially you can see that in, in a lot of his first uh, guests here. Like The first guys were the Mind Pump Media guys, which I'll be reviewing some of their podcasts, but... It was cool because they go much deeper than they'll usually go with certain things. Like they're very transparent about, I would still say everything, but I think it was cool because Paul was able to get them um, into more, uh, I guess, topics that I'm a little more interested in. Uh, they they maybe they they go deep, I think, on more superficial things sometimes, if you will. So uh, they they really got into the meat of some stuff uh, and. One of the things that was cool is like they they talked about just how well they work together. Like these is three guys, like big podcasting crew, but they really able able to keep their egos in check and stuff. I mean, they're doing very well. Um, so it's cool to see that. Cool to hear just uh, their interactions with each other. Um, and here's I, I would say the the two big takeaways that I got from this episode. Um, I mean, these guys have just crazy fitness backgrounds, right? Like doing really well uh, in that fitness space. Uh, but when they shared about how they still just need to create happiness in their lives, like that was a very profound thing. And, and I, I think uh, they realized it too. Like you, you could hear them just expanding upon that. And it's it's true for all of us, right? Like we could be masters of whatever it is, right? Uh, creating the greatest Thor figurine because I'm looking at one on the wall. Uh, and maybe that's you, you are better in the world than that than anybody. But if it just like saps the life out of you, well, how worth it is it? Like you might suck at something else, but you'll love it. Um, if you just need to get better at it and, and make a thing of it. Right. So that's, that's great to hear that happiness does not always have to, um, Happiness, no, let me say that again. Happiness really is the main driver for us, right? Like we can find lots of things to do, lots of vocations, but trying to still find that happiness driver is is really within us all. Uh, and the other thing was the cultivating relationships. And this is one, I, I wanted to touch on this because this is still something that continues to grow for me because I, I don't have a lot of a lot of relationships, right? But the ones that I have... I just continue to try and grow because that's where it, it, it strikes a chord for me. Like it's, it's too much energy for me to have to maintain a lot of relationships. And I say that more being just an introvert, introverted type person, because I get, I, I, I'm really good at myself in my own mind, like just very at peace with myself. So that having to try and balance 15 relationships with people like 30 100 relationships and some people can do it and do it very very well uh i just don't get it right it's it's not me so having that understanding or for you like understand that if you have one person that you connect with on an absolute ultimate level and that's all you need 
Well, that is enough. But if you need 15 best friends in the world and you need to talk to them all every day, that's cool too. Both both are fine, but you have to find what works for you. And, and that's a really important part of it. Uh, the next guest he had on was Sean Croxton. Now, I haven't really lost track of Sean. Uh, I, I've lost track of him since uh, Underground Wellness Radio. Uh, but it was just exciting to hear what he's up to. Because he switched gears a little bit. Um, and it was going back to that happiness factor. Like he He's kind of got the health thing down. Like He feels comfortable with that, but that wasn't his driving passion. That's not what made him happy. But he really just loves helping people uh, find their happiness, find success. So... That's what he dove into, and he's doing damn well at it. But you can just hear that that he really enjoyed that. Uh, he really enjoys what he's doing. And you could tell at the end of his uh, podcast, UW Radio, that he didn't enjoy it. Like he just kind of interviewed guests uh, and left it at that. So this episode uh, was cool. And I think this one and the next one that Paul did with Elliot Hulse are very... Uh, similar from the standpoint of like, or at least this topic specifically, like the culture uh, and becoming a man. And I, I think that's awesome to hear because I, I guess it's the, that's where all these guys are a couple years older than I am. And it's, I un, I'm starting to understand where that role fits into my life. Um, yes. I mean, like the whole growing up and the, the going through trials and tribulations and really knowing what it means to support yourself, uh, support a family, whatever it is, but you have to grow up and you have to take things on of your own accord. Uh, so that's, that's what it comes down to is you, you have to just grow up and face the facts that, Hey, life, life is sometimes great. Life sometimes, sometimes sucks, uh, is hard, but you have to do what you have to do for yourself, your family, everybody around you that you are responsible for. Uh, another one that, uh, just a topic that they touched on that I found interesting and, and an interesting way to look at it. Um, Donald Trump being a pain teacher. Now, Paul talks a lot about pain teachers and I think it's important. It's one of those, he strikes a chord with so many people and so many people love him and quite frankly, like, I don't care. Not from a standpoint of I don't care. I'll, like I don't. I just want the world to or the U.S. to just go up in flames. It's I don't care who the president is. Uh, there's so much more to it than that. I, I think we have to all open up uh, our eyes, and I guess it's taking a, a reflection of what does that mean for us as a society. And if it's not where we want to go, then collectively we have to get together and change that. And it's one person at a time and it's just standing up for all of your values and making sure that you stay true to those uh this next the next thing they talks about is finding like the good in the bad uh and i just find that always an interesting thing um like would you rather all of the good times in your life be taken away or all of the bad times in your life be taken away and that's kind of what this came down to. And they talked about, well, I'd actually rather all the good times in my life be taken away. Um, because it, it, it's, it, it's, 
you learn so much more from the bad times. And I, I've actually thought about this a couple times since they talked about this. I'm not sure where I stand on that, right? Because I, I can argue, well, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I still really don't know my answer to this. You can hear almost that conflict, I think, coming from me. I think this is a good one to meditate on for most people. And that's just why I brought it up. There's, I'm not going to expand upon this a whole lot more because I think it's one of those I want you to think about, like truly get into um, for yourselves. Uh, there's a lot in these episodes. So, I mean, I want to just start unpacking some of Elliot's um, one. And Elliot Hulse, uh just uh, like I love his background because, again, he's that classic meathead, if you will. Uh, he was a professional strongman, which I, I, I love. But it's he he's a much deeper individual than most people will ever even begin to dream of. Um, and he's really, he, he's really behind that boys growing up into men and really, uh, standing behind your values. And you can see that he's motivated by both anger and fear. And he, he knows this and he says like, that's just what got me where I am. Um, and it, it's cool because he, he has all of this masculine talk, right? But just shows and goes into teaching, like how we really need to be in touch with our feminine, uh, as, as men. And this is like, if that's just striking a chord with you in any way, like, what do you mean feminine? Like you have to listen to this. You have to listen to them talk, check out more of his stuff because it will absolutely show you what I'm talking about. And for me, this, this means like, I don't have to be a feminine person, but I have to understand the feminine because I have a wife, right? I need to understand what that means. I have two boys. Like I have to understand if, if I were to ever have a daughter, I would have to understand what that means. But I also have to understand the feminine from, for, for my boys. Like if they're playing with little girls, right? Like knowing what that interaction needs to be like the, the, as they grow up, like as they start dating, uh, they start dating girls. Like I, I need to have that respect and know what the feminine side of that looks like, like being in touch with this. But it, then it also comes down to so much more than that because there's the, the yin and the yang. There's for me working out, like working out is a very masculine thing. The working in is very feminine. If I'm not having that balance, if I'm just working out, is again, it's just going to be all that burnout. Like sleep is very feminine. Like it, it, again, it comes down to that. You have to have both sides. You have to have the work in, the workout, the yin, the yang, the light, the dark. It all comes together. So that's a, a that's my understanding of it. And I think that's where most people are lacking. They have that masculine just... But it, again, don't think about it just like masculine. Rah, rah. Like think about it like masculine just overexerting, pushing, just doing way too damn much a lot of times. Uh, and the last one uh, from Paul was with J.B. Sears. And as I said before, this is probably my episode of the week. Uh, I've had J.P. on the podcast a couple times. Uh, maybe that's what it is, but I, I think they were just so unbelievably authentic together. And because I think they have the biggest relationship out of anybody else that I've talked about here. Because, I mean, J.P. Um, worked at the Institute. I mean, they worked like hand in hand for quite a while. Um, and 
they've had just amazing journeys uh, together separately. Like they're, they're both just absolute rock stars. And one of the most amazing things in this episode, I think was Paul talking about, and I don't know if I've ever heard him say this before, um, but like actually breaking down to JP and crying and loving him um, when he, they, he was still out at the Institute uh, because of how much stress taking on a huge thing like this can be. Uh, endeavor that Paul has undertaken for himself and it's not a humbling experience it's a I, I'm at a loss for words or a loss for a word to describe this but to hear somebody like Paul who's uh, I mean so advanced in so many ways and, and especially mentally emotionally and to hear like he still has that breakdown so it's it's one of those there's nothing wrong with it. Like every, I think everybody has to understand that, and that's where understanding your masculine, your feminine, understanding both sides, um, really help with that quite a bit. Now, the ultra spiritual path. What is that, right? <laughs> I mean, let me find JP's book behind me here. Um, JP has just like taken off to a whole other level in the comedic health, whatever that he is but he just talks about like his comedy is just to tell the truth and i i love how he tells the truth it's in a very dry just way and i i, I really like actually when he and uh jitor pierre uh get together and <laughs> just go to town because the, i think the two of them just feed off of each other so well uh, with that comedy and if you have not checked out like any of the ultra spiritual videos um, might be the rest of your day I, I think it should be uh, th there's so many like deeper truths that they went into um, but I think the the biggest takeaway from this episode then uh, was really just connecting with family um, like JP said like he was recently married I think they were talking um, about having kids uh, Paul's just recently said like oh he and Angie are having another kid so they're all they, they, they're both in that standpoint uh, or, or mind frame that yeah they, they want to be ready for their kids they want to connect with their wives their families uh, and when it comes down to it like we talked about relationships a little bit earlier I mean what more do you really want, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to is connect with your families, give them love, just embrace them. And it really can go a long way into everything. So I think, I think we all just need to keep that in mind and keep cultivating that love. All right, so next up we have uh, Paul's interview with Danny Way. Well, actually, part one and two. Uh, Danny Way, I, if you guys don't know, like crazy just skateboarder. Uh, back in days like when this was all still an up-and-coming thing, and dude has done some crazy things, uh, which is also how he met Paul. Uh, basically just 
a lot of injuries, uh, very serious injuries to the spine. Uh, Paul is basically a wizard with manual therapy and able to fix him. Um, well, able to get him to be able to move um, and Danny put in the work. Uh, so I think that's what, if you want to get into this episode, um, for sure, I think anybody that's interested in any extreme sports uh, and or overcoming any major injuries like this is going to be uh, an amazing episode for you to check out. But the other cool thing is how deep Danny goes into things. Y- you think like, okay, um, uh, okay, this is actually me passing my perception like uh, the skateboarder um, typical x games type athlete if you will uh, I don't I don't see the depth there and I guess it's the classic um, like uh, for for bodybuilder meathead strongman whatever it is like the same kind of thing will apply um, but this is just not the case with this guy like they talk about like the facing of fear and uncertainty and I find it fascinating just what he what Danny has overcome and sharing just how much love means to him which I I thought was so cool like he still brings this back to like love and not just love for what he does but really on a universal level and and you, you just see how much how evolved as a person he he truly is so it's just a beautiful uh listen I think from from that standpoint and just coming overcoming the fear the uncertainty uh getting injured and just anything you you fail you get up you fail you get up like you get injured you get beat up you whatever you keep going uh, also they talk about if if you don't dig the rest of it like Danny actually introduced Paul to plant medicines which when you think about it like the amazing shaman that Paul is he, he they're they're just to be a shaman, you don't have to use plant medicines, but uh, it's a different type of um, shamanic work. And, well, I think that it certainly changed Paul, so certainly have to thank Danny for that. Um, but to get into yin, yang, flow states, uh, which is, I, I, I still find to be a very interesting concept, the flow state. And I, I think it almost... I, I don't know why I, I'm almost turned off by it, but it's, I, I find that it's just so easy to do. Like, so that's why I don't quite understand this fascination with the flow state. Uh, so I'm really trying to wrap my head around that, uh, for people, because when you just dive in on something, like you just dive in and just go to town. Uh, and that's my perception of it. So I'm trying to understand, uh, why this means so much to so many people. Now, next episode that Paul did was with Nicole Devaney and I had Nicole on a few years ago and she's just a wonderful person and this episode is meant I shouldn't say meant for anybody specific but this episode they dive deep into breast implants and for any female that's considering it or has them I think it's an absolute must Um, for any male I would also consider this an absolute must like there were this is just I, I i'm i'm truly speechless about this episode because of how much it meant to me um as a man and understanding uh really i mean women but um for my wife like i i i get 
the perception of 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 breasts in society now because the the greatest quote in this was Paul like I, Nicole was speaking I think to Paul I, I'm trying to remember now or if somebody said this to Paul but if a man wore his penis on his collar he'd want a big one right and hearing that and thinking like well okay breast implants make a lot of sense when you say it that way they're out there like you see them uh and Nicole does an amazing job of going through the whys the why nots all of the health implications um I, I I don't actually want to talk more about this episode because I think this is for every man, for every woman, for every parent, like it's a must listen to. Uh, so you just have to go check this out because you will just have such a better understanding, I think, of your own body uh, by doing so. So please just, this is something to go listen to. Next one was with uh, Dr. Nick Berry. Uh, so Nick and I have actually been talking back and forth. Uh, so I hope to be getting him on the show uh, in a little bit. He is, like Paul said, I think, like, are you a shaman? Are you a pharmacist? Uh, and yes, he's a pharmacist and works now with uh, essential oils and and similar uh, ingredients, recipes, if you will, that he, he concocts. Uh, but just if, you, if anything you want to know about essential oils, check this out like they take a deep dive into all every one i mean all about it what you need to know about it so just so so cool uh to check out now the other thing like i i started thinking about it very differently um not from the i i I want quality essential oils i want to make sure it's extracted properly so on and so forth like for me that goes kind of without saying so I appreciated that part of the talk, and I think still a necessary part of the talk. What really kind of uh, took it took it home to me was when they were smelling some of the oils, when they were using some of the oils on the air, the absolute connection that they had. And I'll have this with my food, I've had this with outdoors, uh, with people, with movements and exercises. I don't know why, I just haven't had the same connection when I've used essential oils. So it was a very eye-opening thing to listen to for me to hear what they felt when they were using the oils. And I've started doing that. I don't still use a whole lot of essential oils. Uh, It's just they're not my thing right now. Like they used to be. I used to use them a lot more. Right now I'm not into them uh, as much as I was. Not that I'm don't use them or I'm opposed to them, but now when I do use them, it's a very specific reasoning behind it, and that connection um, has has been absolutely fantastic. And so that's the connection to the oil, and and I think that's what makes Dr. Nick so good at what he does because you could tell that connection that he has with the plants. Uh, so that that was just awesome to hear, and awesome to hear how he formulates things too. Uh, the other thing, too, that I think most people would be interested in uh, is the oils they were talking about just for like sexual performance uh, and dealing with stress. And I think a lot of those two, well, no, I know those two go very much so hand in hand. The next episode uh, was Ben Greenfield. Now, I love Ben's show, as you know, because I'm doing reviews on it, too. Uh, but the best thing about this was they were exploring biohacking and 
I know Paul has come out and like when he talks about biohacking, it's like, and this is kind of my perception of too. Like whenever I think of the word hack, I'm like, well, you're just a hack. Like you can't figure it out. Like you're just trying to get through the system any way possible. And I think Ben does take this a very different way. And I, that's why Paul wanted to have him on because biohacking can be, I mean, an absolute ridiculous endeavor, I, I think. Uh, but it can also, I, I think it can also be used to really get uh, the most out of your body and truly live in a healthy manner. Uh, so I think really just what I want to go into here, like, Ben Ben actually shared a few of his actual like quote unquote like favorite biohacks uh and then things that he's like I I don't get this either uh and I geek out on this uh more than 24 hours a day, right? So he he gave like some circadian biohacks uh which so simple and so effective and that's why I want to talk about this because it really is true. Um he talks about like coffee, use caffeine, right? If you're resetting your time zone or if you just need to reset, hey, this is when you need to get up, use some caffeine. Use light, light therapy. So we're talking eyes, ears, uh, just on the head, infrared, skin, whatever it is. Like light will help reset. Uh, Sure, you can use artificial and that's where the hacking comes into play. I mean, he talks about like ultimately get out naked in the sun kind of thing, right? Uh, That's going to be the best, but in in a pinch well artificial light will still work too uh and then exercise like get your cortisol i mean i'm gonna run in place here like right if i want to just get it jacked all of a sudden like i can do some movement for five minutes ten minutes uh if i'm really trying to reset that as well uh and, and he ben went into just talking about like then some of his favorite ones overall and i think the first one is probably like he, he kind of lists like two here um Monitoring blood sugar and monitoring inflammation. Uh, there you go. Know how stuff affects those. Because for health longevity, that's going to just have a massive, massive undertaking on your body. Uh, I, I don't think there's much more that needs to go into. Um, they talk about like some of the commercialization of biohacking. And you're still going to just see pop up every week, every month, whatever it is that's going to be hot, new, sexy, and gone by the end of the week or the end of the month because that's all it was meant to be. Um, and the one thing that I thought was interesting, uh, neither Ben nor Paul uh, likes like the cryotherapy chambers. I, I think, listen to it if you want to hear their take on it because I, I think it's good. Uh, I tend to agree on this. Uh, they are both big uh, what am I looking for? Cold shower fans, right? And the cold showers, I, I like. It's it's a very natural thing. Um, what fascinates me is they both don't like the cryo, but they both love saunas. And I don't want to be a follower or anything, but I already felt the same way. And it was one of those when they said that. I said, well, I was thinking to myself, like, well, yeah, I I, I agree. Like, I I get that. That's just kind of makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think as far as the cryo, I, I think that's where you need to just expose yourself to the cold uh, and in the best way that you possibly can, like not necessarily to this negative whatever degree temperature, uh, even if for a brief period of time. And that's where using just anti-inflammatory diets, like making sure keeping all that on track really does a number for you. Uh, 
but then the coolest thing I think Ben went over is litmus test. All right, I can do all this crazy biohacking shit, but can I go out in nature and spend a weekend there uh, and survive without, well, talking about essential oils, my essential oils, uh, or my sleep mask, or my infrared sauna, or my coffee in the morning, or my whatever it is, right? Like any of these things he talks about, can I just do that and be healthy? happy and that's really what it comes down to i thought that was the most profound thing uh that the two really discussed and i think that's a great way to look at biohacking and health in general All right, guys, so next we're going to move over to some of the Mind Pump Media podcasts. Uh, first one is like episode 959 here. Uh, and I'm going to do more of, uh, with theirs, like some of the questions that they went over. I'm going to just try and address some of those questions and or if there were any big differences, uh, anything like that. Um, so one of the ones was, if you had a budget of $1,000 to build a home gym, what would the essentials be? This is really tough. So... This I think you have to look at, well, what are your goals, right? Uh, I think if it's just like basic beginner person, uh, I think you're probably better off with some dumbbells and a Swiss ball, uh, maybe some bands. If you are somebody like me looking for a strongman, well, I'm starting off with uh, getting a squat rack, uh, bar, plates, and then what other, probably other dumbbells that I can, <clears throat> excuse me, outside of that and having my Swiss ball, like th- those are, those are the basics. I mean, ha- how much will a thousand dollars get you? Well, a thousand dollars could get you just a rack, nothing else. Uh, it could get you, you could get a rack for 300 bucks, uh, bar and a good set of plates for another 300 bucks. And still you have 400 bucks to spend on some dumbbells. I mean, Again, it's it's such a variable question. I think the question there is, what are you what are you looking to do? And okay, so I said for somebody who's doing more for general health, more just because they want to have some strength equipment in the house, I said probably just dumbbells, the Swiss ball, and some bands. And that's because the the barbell is a very specific tool. Uh, and I don't say kettlebells because kettlebells have a steeper learning curve. So. With the dumbbells, I mean, you can do a lot more, I think, with those, and you can work a lot more stabilization of joints. Um, there's just so much more to be said for that. Uh, so I think that's where, yeah, you're just getting more bang for your buck uh, for somebody who's not necessarily looking to compete in strength sports. Uh, the next question they had was, why are incline presses in the MAPS program but never decline? So MAPS is one of their just lifting programs. And... I had to agree, I think, with a lot of what they said. Like, decline and flat are very similar movements, but if I'm going to go with anything uh, more of that decline pressing movement, I'm just going to have somebody do dips. Uh, yes, one's open chain, one's closed chain. I just think dips are just much more effective from that position. You don't, if you're pushing yourself up from anything too, just from a pure uh, functional standpoint, like, I hate using the word functional, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> 
you, you push up on a closed kinetic chain, meaning you push yourself up off the floor. You push yourself up off a table. You don't push yourself up off. Uh, you don't push something down that's like at your uh, chest height. You don't usually take something and have to push it down. Uh, so that's more why I would say something like that. Next question was, I found it to be very interesting. It just said traditional deadlift stance or sumo. And so many different things to unpack here, especially without, again, having any context behind a question there. So traditional stance works a little bit differently than sumo stance. So if somebody's competing at one, well, it comes down to getting close to competition. You're only going to train your, you're going to specialize. You're only going to train the one that you do uh, in competition. Outside of that, I think any and everything, just because they're so different uh, as far as movement patterns go. Uh, I think a lot of times the sumo stance is how people will normally be picking stuff up. So that's almost how you want to be stronger. Like people usually go with a little bit wider stance, stand over top of something. I'm kind of doing as I'm talking here and drop down the weights between their feet and they just pick it up. Right. So that's where that sumo stance comes more into play. And there, I like that. Because traditional stance, you're using uh, obviously just like everything straight along the backside of the body from the, all the back muscles, right? I mean, everything involved. You get your hips, all your glutes, all that kind of thing down to the hamstrings. And I mean, I would argue still calves, feet, etc. Now, when you go out wider, though, well, now all of a sudden you, I mean, especially adductors, I think, which is an undertrained thing to begin with, uh, you get a lot more on that. Um, and then you can just play around with it from there. But yeah, I, I, I think there's so many variables that we can really unpack there and it would have to be much more person specific. But that being said, do them both. Um, when in doubt, I mean, increase your training variables after you feel comfortable with how to do one versus how to do the other. Next question is, do you work on mobility during long rest periods between sets? If so, how do you program it? Uh, this is something that I'll do somewhat. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't want to do something to fatigue a joint, to make a joint unstable, right? So a lot of times how I'll do it is if, okay, perfect example. I was squatting yesterday. In between squats, I was stretching out my chest. Uh, so yeah, there is a little bit of stability that I have to lock in the bar on my back because it was back squat specifically. However, that opened up range that opened up my chest, allowed me to keep my chest up a little bit higher during the squat, head up a little bit higher. Uh, but it also allowed for just being able to lock in a little bit tighter on my back. I think, um, now for exact opposite of that, where else am I working on right now? Well, I, I should say I was also doing a little thoracic mobility with some of those things, uh, and a little bit of more like overhead lat stretching. Uh, conversely, the day before that, uh, when I was doing more lower body, I was working on a ton of ankle mobility. So yeah, I do it. I, I just don't want to affect whatever area that I'm training. Uh, I might do some shorter, like contract relax during that time. But if I'm doing like oh, pretty hard mobility work where I'm going to be exposing some of those ranges, uh, that's, that's kind of how I'll play that into, into, into the workouts. Now, episode 960 they had was with Mark Bell, and I thought it was a good episode overall, but I think it was, again, 
if you're into bodybuilding, if you're into powerlifting, you're just going to be more interested in it. And or like for me, if you grew up with bigger, stronger, faster, which he and I think he did with his uh, brother Chris uh, and all the steroids era and that type of thing, like that's who's going to be interested in this one. Uh, I thought it was again overall okay, but or I should say good overall, but nothing that really stood out to me. And I guess because I've heard Mark on a bunch of other podcasts and I didn't hear uh, a lot of anything new. Uh, if you haven't heard him, I definitely, and you're interested in him, uh, based on any of those other things, go and listen to it. Like It'll be pretty cool for you for sure. Uh, some of the other things they talked about, uh, the difference in the skill of building mass for bodybuilding than powerlifting. I'm not going to unpack that because I think that's, if you're looking specifically at those two things, I've not done enough of the bodybuilding, right? Like I've been in powerlifting, strongman type things, so I can understand that same point. But I think for that, uh, it's good to go check out. One thing that I thought they talked about was really big uh, was where does, where does the survival mentality come from, right? So this being for Mark, and it's like he, he kind of just said like, I just had to make things successful. Like I just had to make it work. And unpacking that a little further, I think this is, a cool thing to, uh, if you just wonder why you're kind of coasting through things, right? You got to look like, how are you just going to survive? How are you going to get on with it? And it's having that can just be a big driver. And that's how I liked how he used it and discussed it and phrased it during their talk. I, I, I see it. If you, if you just don't stop, you can't fail. Right. And, and that's where it's keep pushing, keep going, keep pushing, keep going. Eventually, you're just—you might not get exactly where you wanted to, but if you're clawing and scratching enough, like you're going to get pretty damn far. Uh, and then they finished off with a few of their SARMs opinions, and I don't know the SARMs selective androgen reuptake modulators. I think it is. Uh, without looking into it, I believe and that's the, the next acronym. episode is nine sixty one for Mind Pump. I and think they're going to be interesting. That's a couple good Whether questions they're better here for like you, to, worse for you than uh, steroids. Um, I don't think first we're going to know what for are the pros and 50 cons years, right? to exercise But I think there's state. and a lot of I like the, the applicability that can be used this for them of and how I they felt really with it. just finding out uh, what that some is. Of, the kind of, do of course, some of the same thing. People in the strength industries are looking to see how to do that, but they're also using it for There's an understanding that you have to know that just trying to avoid muscle wasting and a lot of things. There's a difference between so how you feel in the next upcoming years, I think we're going to find out how you eat a lot of going into a workout versus how it actually affects you affects your physiology, right? Because those still will be two very different things. And I think everybody needs to see, well, again, what works for them. Uh, so that's part of it is there's so much that goes into this context of, okay, pros and cons of exercise in a fasted state. Well, are you doing it first thing in the morning uh, where you're having your workout then? Are you exercising now instead at four in the afternoon and all you've had was water to that point? Uh, are you coming off of like the end of a three-day fast, I mean, there's there's so much that goes into that. Like, what is, what is a fasted state? Uh, is it that you just didn't eat that day? Again, like maybe you ate at ten o'clock at night, but you're exercising at six in the morning. I mean, it's eight hours uh, versus hey, you had your last meal at five and you're working out at twelve, like noon the next day. Uh, those are two very different things uh, with the 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 length of the fasted state. So. I, I don't know that there's I, – I think there needs to just be so much more context first to a question like this. 
that aside, I think uh, pros, again, I don't know exact time frames on it without looking into it more. Um, pros, though, would be, again, some of the, again, quote-unquote, like fatty acid oxidation, right, or uh, utilization. So I heard somebody talking about this recently. I thought it was a good analogy. It's like, uh, well, you're more in that uh, able to utilize fat storage better. No, not necessarily. Uh, but you're just using stores of whatever you have. So it's excess glycogen, just using up some other stuff uh, that might be a good thing for you, right? Uh, at the same time, if you... Now, now I, I like... I No, I actually don't like to be hungry when I exercise because then I'm so focused a lot of times on, okay, what am I going to eat after this? Uh, that it, ta- it can take away from my workout. So personally, I don't like it. Uh, I can do okay, like fairly, feeling fairly full, uh, as long as I'm not just doing like uh, a lot of higher rep work where I guess I'm just going to be completely gassed uh, while doing it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really a, um, a very personal thing. I don't like I don't mind fasting and I don't mind fasting if I'm doing like uh, a longer hike, anything like that, because then it's that thing about the food after is, is to me more of, ah, you get to kick back, relax. Now it's time to enjoy that after you ate versus like when I'm training and working out my sole focus, I want to be on that workout. I don't want it to be anywhere else. Like I want to be completely present with what I'm doing, using it as uh, that moving meditation. So I don't like it from more of the mental standpoint for me than anything. And I think that's what a lot of this comes down to is, okay, there are a lot of physiologic benefits. And as long as you're okay with blood sugar handling issues, I think you just got to find what works for you uh, the best. So uh, next question uh, was, can you discuss Tom Brady's TB12 method? Now, I didn't know well, really anything about this going into it. And after learning about it, uh, I don't see anything necessarily like right, wrong, uh, whatever it is. Uh, I think it works for Tom Brady, right? <laughs> like this, the, the simplest thing right there is it works for Tom Brady. Now, if that's the case, then then good for him. Like he should stick with that. Like there's there's no reason to for anybody to hate on that. I mean, he is an amazing professional athlete, right? And I'm just scrolling through their uh, their website as as I'm talking here, just because I want to see. Okay, well, who else is on here, right? Because uh, I hadn't looked at it until like since. Um, just first listen to this and yeah, there are other people, but sure you use the face, the name of Tom Brady and it's going to work now for me. It's, I guess it would be like anything else, right? Uh, if it works for you as an athlete, you should continue to do it. And they just happen to be right in Foxborough, it looks like. So, yeah, it probably works for Tom Brady. Now, I, again, it's it just happens to be another way to train. So, 
if it works for him and clearly it's working for him it's he's if you, I, I looked at uh pictures um of him when he first came into the league versus now he looks younger what 20 years later uh than he did when he first started so clearly he's doing some stuff right and it seems like these guys um take everything into account right so again they're really just making sure that he's going to be on point with his training with his nutrition with his sleep and i think that's part of him that's part part of having the right people uh around so yeah it's that's what it's going to be about you you have to find what works dead on perfect for you and he's for sure doing something right so they they look at again and i think it was a lot of like okay the pliability and the functional strength and conditioning and that's like the the buzzwords that i'm seeing here and if if you're doing that and it's working and he stays strong enough he stays flexible enough he moves properly it works for him i say go for it um so next question was would you recommend building clientele through one-on-one training or jumping straight to online coaching and selling programs i love that they basically laugh this question off uh and i'm not really going to address it too much um you have to be able to train people so they're talking uh i I guess this really to me goes for any type of uh, training Uh, but again like being a physical therapist uh, there's no way I could have come out of school and just gone into all the one like the online training. I I just don't think it works that way. Um, you have to be able to interact with people and coach them very well in person in any form before you can move on to doing so at a distance uh, because there are just too many other factors that come into play. Uh, and the last question for this episode was, what is something each of you would be passionate enough uh, about to start a business on your own developing a side hustle project? Uh, and I guess, to me, this is like right now, uh, if I were just going to answer that, this is a side hustle for me, uh, but it's also not. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> more because, again, this is, the podcast would not be like, my primary means of income, but it certainly helps uh, me to reach out to other people. So yeah, it, it has an effect on that and get in front of people, get in front of uh, potential clients. So I guess this would be in part a side hustle for me and I really enjoy it uh, <laughs> because I get to talk about all this stuff. I get to listen to a lot of other podcasts. I get to talk to a lot of people about podcasts uh, on podcasts, any, all different topics. So yeah, I think that's a whole lot of fun. Uh, as far as like a side hustle, a side project, for me, it would probably just be coming down to learning new things. And that's, I think, why I love listening to people like Tim Ferriss, where it's just almost that art of learning. Like all of his books are about learning, right? And learning fast, learning well. Uh, so I think it would be just starting to pick more different things. Uh, but I, I say that and it kind of sounds cool, but I love the body so much. I don't know that I would change it a whole, whole lot. So the next episode they had was 962 and it was about jaws or size. 
this was I I don't know. The, the guys they had the guy on from Jaws Size. Um I'm not exactly sold on it for a multitude of reasons. First being I don't like how the ball works in your mouth like it's this thing like you small ball you kind of bite down on. i encourage you to go check it out uh to at least look into it it's all on the anterior teeth which are not meant for like the high rep chewing like they're just meant to bite something off shove it to the back of your mouth so you can chew it up uh, it's meant to tear through something but not to really exert constant 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 force uh, so i really don't like this it just wasn't a great episode overall uh but more i think because the guys were so skeptical of it uh at the same time i really respect that they had uh the guy on from jaws or size just to be able to discuss uh, i think that that's what it's still about is like that open communication and bringing that to light so i think that was very important from that standpoint i'm not going to go into a whole lot of other detail if you want to look it out if you want to see jaw exercises well not really jaw exercises only one way to strengthen the jaw go for it uh i would look into personally like uh some things like um mastic gum i believe it's called i don't know enough about it but it's more of a a gum um from i I think it's a tree uh, or a bush and it's just I, i would rather chew on something like that because of it just mimics natural chewing motions much more and I think would have a much greater benefit to jaw strengthening, which I'm not opposed to that by any means. Uh, I think that would just be a much better, better way to go about it. I'm going to have to explore that a little bit more for maybe a future episode. Uh, next episode, uh, 963. Uh, first question, can you explain the best way to progress into pist- into excuse me both pistol squats and box jumps? And... I thought the guys handled this really well. Uh, pistol squats, unless you need to do a pistol squat for an exercise competition, cro- i.e. CrossFit, probably not a whole lot of reason to be doing them. Uh, that being said, I think if you can do them and properly, like it's a great thing to have in your arsenal. Reason being, the amount of ankle and basically hip mobility needed as well as strength to be able to do that is fantastic. But where do you start? You start with split squats. You start with step ups, step downs. Those are the basic exercises. You go into lunges. You go into, again, you keep progressing lunges as far as you can while also working on your ankle mobility and your hip mobility. Clean up the ankle joint clean up the the soft tissue around it same thing goes for the hip there you go uh there's this is such an individualized question from there uh it'd be really hard to say otherwise so i'm not really going to get into it much more than that uh because pistol squats are like i said there's so many variables that would go into play as far as like your limitations but those there's my basic progression start with a split squat and progress it to lunges to again and then work on your mobility uh, as far as box squats go uh, I actually really like box squats from the standpoint of 
give somebody a thought to jump towards. So again, more, do you need to be able to jump first of all, right? Well, yeah, I would like most people to be able to exhibit the ability to jump. Start off with a very, like I'm looking, uh, I'm in the clinic right now, I'm looking over at squat rack and underneath it there are uh, like horse stall mats, right? Because what else would you use? Um, For just like gym flooring, but it's three quarters of an inch. Have somebody jump onto that. That's still like a box squat, right? So start with something very low. Uh, If somebody can, first of all, jump off the ground, Okay, and I'm serious, like somebody might not be able to leave both feet at the same time. That's pretty much where you're going to start. But where does this still start? Get them to be able to squat and squat very well with their body weight, with a bar on their back, with a, in a front squat and whatever and all probably squat positions. Because if they can't do those, same thing. If your ankle mobility, if your hip mobility isn't there, uh, probably not going to be going on to it. Uh, and that being said, now you, you still need a little bit more strength to be able to perform like, okay, I'm looking then over at the 14 inch box, right? Well, that's a bit more force that you need to exude. So if you can barely go up to a three quarter inch, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to necessarily worry on that, but you might start off just singles on just body weight squats. I'm sorry, on body weight jumps then. So it's just a very slow progression to that and just start adding height to it. Uh, but make sure that people know how to land. So make sure people know how to take off. All of this stuff comes into play with it for sure. Next one, can you use a trigger session workout as a warm up on a foundational workout day? So this speaks more to some of their specific programming. Uh, so I would say, well, what my thought just as a trigger session would be, hey, I get in every day in the clinic and I do movement. Uh, movement is a trigger session, right? Uh, versus like a true workout. So yeah, you can use any of those things. So if I want to work on just some upper back stability, uh, before I would go in and do some of my rowing and pressing movements, well, yeah, I think that would be a good thing as long as I don't fatigue myself out, uh, for those pressing things. So I would just apply it to a whole lot of other things. Uh, another one on like TRX trigger sessions on non-training days. So same kind of concept. Uh, but the last question I think is a good one here to address. Is there any truth to the belief that the body can only absorb up to 30 grams of protein at a time, right? Uh, no. This goes back to the supplement industry. They package 20 to 30 grams of protein in every scoop, and there you go. Now, if you can digest it, like it's just going to take longer. That's all it really comes down to. 50 grams, 100 grams, like whatever you eat. It's not like, okay, again, classic caveman analogy, right? Uh, you look back and they would stop eating at 30 grams of protein. No, they had an animal. They were eating it all day, all night, as much as they can get in there and just letting the body start breaking it down. It's going to take time, but over time, they're going to start to absorb more and more. And there you go. Alrighty guys, and up next we have uh, episode 964. Uh, so the first one, is there any benefit to performing a squat from the bottom position? Now, I love this question, right? Because yes, uh, it's just a different movement, right? Now, 
This is actually something I'm doing in uh, training right now, doing more of a bottoms-up squat, well, like from different ranges. Uh, so certain ranges, like super strong, other ones, not so much. Uh, what is the point of this, though? So the difference between the movements, if you're just looking at it from the pure squatting movement, right? If you start at the top, go down, and come up, you get the stretch reflex. So uh, you basically get a little bit help of a rebound, which you could also get the rebound like bouncing up. Um, here it's just like a dead stop. So you just have to initiate the entire movement yourself. Uh, so I think it can be very beneficial for people really like if you can't get out of a chair, right, without holding on, well, you're actually probably better off starting at the top position, coming down, and then coming back up out of it because you're going to get some of that stretch reflex. As you become stronger, I mean, this is just a great way to increase strength. Uh, I think it's a great way to learn to lock in and find spots that you're not stable at. So that's probably the biggest thing, right? If you're really weak in a certain area of the squat, uh, for whatever that reason, go to that position, start there, and come up. So you have to focus on, okay, my feet in the right position, knees, hips, back, shoulders, head, neck, leg, upper back, whatever it is. Like you can look at all of those points and break them down. So, yeah, I think it's a huge, huge thing. Next question, is there such a thing as genetic potential and limit for skill? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be the fastest person in the world, right? Now, does that mean that I can't become faster? No, and we all probably could become a little bit faster. However, is everybody going to dunk a basketball too? No. And, and this is just uh, purely talking about physical. Now, if we went to the mental game, I mean, I don't know what the top IQ score is, right? I don't know. Is it 180 or is it 190? Is it 200? I, I have no idea. Is everybody going to have a, uh, an IQ of 200? No, you could probably work all day, every day for the rest of your life, even learning how to learn, getting all that proper. And some people are just going to be smarter. Uh, so and whatever that skill is, right? So could I become the best chef in the world? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, all, all, I'm just thinking of like just very th various things that are popping up. And I think everybody can probably become very good at certain things, like very, very good to become world-class at Anything that you're not supposed to be world-class in, I don't know if that could happen, actually. Next question. Pretty in-depth one here. Uh, are you now sold on trans women competing in the women's divisions, uh, CrossFit, competition, CrossFit competitions? If so, uh, how, are you able, how are you convinced? Um, and if not, please break down the differences in allowing men and women to compete together but not trans women with cis women. This is a wild, wild question, right? Now, if we're talking about it from an amateur level, like it's probably not that big of a deal. Uh, all of a sudden, when people's livelihoods and there's a lot of money on the line, this becomes a very different question. The best way uh, that I might be able to make up my mind on this is... It's, it's hard to regulate testosterone, right? Now, this is a weird one because people will talk about, okay, well, I, I think this was looked into where, uh, and I, I might be wrong on this study, but the t 
testosterone levels for um, females in the Olympics, I think, is naturally higher than that of like your everyday male, right? Now, is this because they're just freak athletes and that's kind of what they do? Is this because they're already supplementing and just kind of, I, I don't know. Uh, really what it comes down to on this is I have no idea what I think. I just don't know enough about it, right? Uh, this would be something I'd really need to understand biology, uh, like from somebody who really can explain this. Like I can say like, okay, I get that there's a difference, but when it comes down to hormones, when it comes down to recovery, like are these people going to be equal? Um, and I don't know. Do you just have an open competition where it's everybody competes? I don't know. That might just be the easiest way to get around any and all of it. Right. So next episode, uh, 965, uh, how to fix up, uh, how to spice up and fix a boring workout. I, this is a tough one for me because if it's boring for you, why are you doing it? That's That, that was my immediate thought. Uh, so look at your programming. Look at what your goals are. Uh, really, I mean, two to six weeks on a program is about the tops you should be on anyway. Uh, some people will be on that lower end, some people on the higher end, depending on how they adapt. But after that, like stuff should be rotated, reps, sets, uh, recovery, um, exercises, all of that. So I don't know. Workouts shouldn't really become boring if they're becoming boring. Uh, I think there's a lot of other things to be looking at uh, as well as, hey, who's doing your programming, right? Next one is uh, the importance of changing your goal or adapting uh, what you're chasing. So I think this is what speaks to that even a little bit more. So what is it that you really want to do? Like that's, I think what changes and fixes a boring workout. Uh, so I, I don't know that there's a whole lot else that you have to go on this, but they talk about like, well, why you shouldn't be attacking goal for a longer than four to six weeks max. And yeah, that's that's true. I, I don't know about a goal. Uh, I mean, maybe a short-term goal. I don't think that's true for necessarily a long-term goal. But yeah, you're going to have too much physical adaptation that occurs in that time. Like, uh, I rarely will per, um, design uh, programs for people for longer than four weeks. Uh, usually that's more of an acute stage when they're getting like six-week ones um, and that they just need to recover a whole lot from. Uh, so that was quick ones there. Uh, episode 966, um, next questions would be, how important is knowing and improving your one rep max for building muscle and strength? So strength, I think, becomes pretty obvious. But building muscle, I think this is an interesting one and almost like very simple to, to conceptualize, right? If you become stronger overall, well, you can probably lift more weights. If you can lift more weights, uh, it's like a higher repetition then you can probably put on some more muscle. So not only that, you're tapping into different types of muscle fibers. So more muscle fiber utilization plus being stronger and being able to get different thresholds at when you were training it, uh, call it 10 to 12 repetitions. Well, if you were only using 70 pound dumbbells for movement, now you're using 75s. By default, you become stronger, but you're also probably able to add a little bit more muscle too. So any tips for optimizing uh, recovery days? Hydration, 
sleep, rest. It comes down to the basics. Um, optimizing recovery days is nothing different than optimizing your non-recovery days, right? So I guess if recovery day, it's okay, getting out and getting that passive movement. So getting your walking in, don't going crazy with stuff, uh, making sure to stretch, uh, making sure to mobilize, do all those things. Just keep moving. Don't stop moving. Uh, but make sure that you're getting, like I said, the right nutrition on board, the right sleep on board, the right hydration on board. I mean, all of that just very simple, just comes back to how do you move and be healthy, what you would normally want to do. Uh, next one is, do you ever think personal training will be covered by insurance? <sighs> Who knows, right? Do we necessarily want it to be? I don't know. Is it going to make it better or worse? I, I don't know. Uh, this is just something like, hey, could it happen? Well, it kind of is actually like a lot of the silver sneakers programs. So this is starting to happen. I think it would be a beneficial thing, right? Um, and or we just get rid of insurance altogether and everybody has to allocate that money elsewhere uh, normally so that you're just going to use it and then put it into the things that are going to benefit you the most. But either way, I, I think it's we're paying for it already probably. Uh, one, what was the most difficult setback in your personal fitness journey and what do you do to overcome it and bounce back? This is an interesting, like, and really pretty deep question. I don't know that it's been setbacks as it has been continual growth, right? So biggest setback, I guess, uh, no, that's not true. I mean, biggest setbacks would be, uh, anytime and probably fairly recently was like, I was loving some of the Christmas cookies Julie was baking, right? Um, two, three months ago. And I was just eating a lot of them. Like, and it was just one of those, the realization of it. And for me, it was then, I look at what it does to my body. Uh, not from like a, a physical looking at my body. Like I just objectively think about it. Well, is that what I want to be doing for myself? And when it really came down to it, I was able to answer the question, no. So for me, it's, I guess the biggest thing in that fitness journey has been being able to say like, what is it that I'm truly passionate about? What do I care about more than anything so that I can just implement it into my life, right? Next episode was with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. Uh, She was also on Barbell Shrugged fairly recently. I recommend you just go check out this episode, right? Uh, men, women, does not matter. Uh, she gets into a lot. I'm not even going to touch on it, but I think this is really just about for anybody to listen to. It's it's a really good listen to understand functional medicine uh, as well as why everybody needs a little bit of muscle uh, for health and longevity. I'm going to leave it at that and just say you got to go check it out for sure. Uh Last one for Mind Pump for episode 968. Uh, thoughts on the overhead squat. Do you prescribe it to your clients? Does it have carryover for traditional back squat or front squat? Biggest thing on is you have to be able to do it and do it properly. Otherwise, just stay away. Uh, shoulders, upper back, lower back, hips, ankles. You have to have the mobility and the stability in all of those things. Would I prescribe it to somebody? No, probably not. Uh, there are going to be a lot of other things that I'm doing first. A lot of like just overhead pressing, uh, walking with weight overhead, lunging with weight overhead. Um, does it have much carryover? No, uh, it's not going to get you stronger, 
for those lifts like it's because those are more leg based however is it going to be fantastic for somebody to be able to strive towards and do yeah the the amount of mobility and stability like i said that it requires is just astronomical and i think really second to none for a whole lot of things what are your go-to techniques to elicit long-term behavior change in clients this is simple finding out your dream finding out your why finding out what it is that you will make a change for uh, more than anything else. Once you find that, every choice you make will be easy from there. Uh, Next question is, if you build muscle with a certain type of training volume, do you need to keep that volume of training to maintain that muscle? I don't think so, no. Uh, I think the body becomes very adept at recognizing what it has done in the past, right? So somebody in the past has put on a lot of muscle, it's probably gonna be pretty easy for them to do so in the future and if you've never done it well it's probably going to take you some time uh but no i think changing the volumes is really what it comes down to and if we just did the same thing over and over that's reason like you don't stay the same like you, you don't necessarily see more results less results like it's just not the best choice to do uh last question uh when meeting with a potential client what is the best way to close them uh so i thought about this they they were talking about this from like a personal trainer standpoint for me from like a physical therapy standpoint is why why are you coming to see me like can i help you if i can help you like that's what i'm going to use to sell you right is it i'm looking at a skeleton model right now is your shoulder being impinged what are the causes of that i'm going to educate somebody what that means what that looks like and what it is that i can do for them uh and really it's about showing what i can help them with to achieve for their body but what that has carry over to so if it's they can't put their dishes away if it's that they can't carry their bag uh just out to the car in the morning when they go to work if it's they can't pick up their kid or their grandkid or whatever it is or the bag uh, thing of laundry like all these things like that's what i'm just going to relate it back to is their everyday life what is being affected for them uh next things uh or next show i guess up would be barbell shrugged uh so really not going to go too deep on this one but just give recommendations on who would listen who wouldn't listen uh two episodes during this time uh one was dr jordan shallow uh this is just a really great episode actually both of these were um he he talks a lot uh more about like this is a big strong dude right he talked a lot about breathing uh that i just loved hearing that uh he talks about why you need to know what movements you're doing like why are you doing a movement is it just to do the movement or is it to get something out of it so these things are just fantastic to keep in mind so this is i think anybody who's looking to get strong anybody who's looking for like hey this guy's at the top of his game and he's still focusing on these basics um yeah you probably should be listening to him a bit i I think is a really good way to go about it and then matty frazier uh i love matt frazier uh hard work pays off uh, he talked about going on a USO tour, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and being able to just share, just help people out, right? Uh, this is, again, if you know who Matt Frazier is, you probably want to listen to it. If you don't know who he is, CrossFit Games champ a couple years in a row. To me, he just seems like a cool dude. Uh, he surrounds himself with the best people, keeps his buddies, his, not buddies, like his, his fiance or his wife or whoever she is, like very close to him. Uh, and just, Hey, goes about his day, 
I, I, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was fun. If you, if you ever heard him talk, uh, it can be fun to get into. Uh, but definitely check it out, I think. Uh, ben Greenfield. Uh, so two episodes, maybe three episodes, we'll go over here. Uh, first one, 12 easy and practical ways to upgrade your body and brain. Uh, talk that he gave at LA Fit Expo. Now, I'm not going to go like all the way in on these, but I'm going to give uh, just a couple highlights. Uh, the first one was on diet and macronutrients. And I think the biggest thing here is he talks just first and foremost, everybody's different. We should all be eating differently. Thank you, Ben. You are 100% on point with that. Uh, going on like Weston A. Price, like nutrient density, gotta, 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 gotta be on point with all that. And then talks a little bit about blue zones too. And this is what I really like. Like eat more plants, eat a little bit of like locally sourced, uh, high quality uh, plant matter. I'm sorry, animal matter with a lot of the plants that you have. Don't spike your blood sugars like crazy and uh, stay pretty relaxed when you're eating. It's really all you need to go into. Uh, There's not that much more People think there's a lot more to it than that. There's really not. Again, talks about it time and again, but that's really what it comes down to. Uh, next one was exercise and movement. Well, okay, so one of the things like he went into was different types of different types of movement, right? So there's uh, VO2 max, like max oxygen utilization. There's working out for your mitochondria. There's lactic acid tolerance. There's stamina. There's strength. Uh, so that was cool that he, he touched on these and strength is just like you think, I think would be, Hey, you go in, you, you get strong. Like you have to use lower reps, uh, really going to town with this kind of stuff. Stamina is going to be more your longer endurance, like just the long, slow movement, right? Uh, which can be very beneficial because most people will still just not move enough throughout the day. Lactic acid tolerance. Uh, here's where, you're going to do more of that Tabata protocol where it's just like 20 seconds or is it I forget? Cause there's two different ones that people just started messing with it. Now uh, I think it's 10 seconds on 20 seconds off for like four minutes. There might be 20 seconds on 10 seconds off. I'm going to have to check on that. Sorry guys. Uh, mitochondria. So here's going to be mitochondria and max oxygen VO2 max are similar to me uh, where you're going like shorter amounts, but pretty intense, but still more than that lactic, uh, tolerance. So you're going more like 15, 20 minute range, uh, pretty hard, but you can also use some rest, uh, within that. Actually, that would be more mitochondria, I guess. VO2 max is going to be more of a four or five minutes, I guess, like all kind of out and then recovering. So, uh, next one that he touched on was sleep. This is this is really common. Like sleep starts first thing in the morning. Get your blue light then. Less at night. Pretty simple with that, right? Uh, but as far as like optimizing the bedroom, keep the room colder. Uh, you can still wear socks with that. Uh, still to keep the extremities warm, but not overheat. Uh, but don't dress up and put on a whole lot of stuff. Keep it quiet. Keep the room completely dark uh use your blue blockers use your all your light dimmers use all that before bed uh don't drink your coffee too late in the day i mean 
really like I think noon is a good cutoff if not earlier depending on what you need but it, it's really simple like follow the sun find a natural circadian rhythm everybody's still just like we talked about the nutrition a little bit different but just find a really good one that works best for you Alrighty guys, so next up was uh, cardiovascular health. Now, this was this one was, I thought, a little bit more interesting. Uh, he goes into like HRV, right? And I think heart rate variability, I, I like the idea of it as a teacher. I don't like the idea of it as always using it as a tool, if you will. So I still think People are using too many apps, just not being in tune with their body. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, for me, I, I'm trying to get to that point where it's don't need something else to tell me I'm either right where I need to be, I'm going too hard, I'm going too light, whatever that is. Uh, at the same time, here like they're talking about the vagus nerve. And I think vagus nerve is still an important part of it, but it still is semi short-sighted. I still think the easiest way to learn about yourself and to do that kind of stuff, um, really to see those things is just like, what is your morning resting heart rate? Uh, and I've gone into that before on other things, so you can check those out. But morning resting heart rate, basically, easiest thing, get a base for seven days. If it's, we once you have that average, if it's within a beat, two beats, probably pretty good. If it's up three beats, you better beyond point it's up five or more beats uh in a day like something's coming rest up uh take care of yourself that'd be the easiest way to go about that but again then he talks about like okay vagus nerve and how do you well how do you help your heart rate variability or just parasympathetic health i think in general and breath work gratitude chanting humming like those are the ones listed and i I think the chanting and humming one uh is is really cool concept because i don't think most people really consider that to be part of it. Uh, breath work, I think is often noted. Uh, and I think becoming much more popular, which is awesome to see then too. Uh, so next one, brain health. Uh, this is, this is a crazy one. I think starting now, right? I think brain health goes along with overall health. There's the whole smart drugs, nootropics, people doing like microdosing, psilocybin, uh, LSD. So you're still messing with the dopamine and serotonin uh, pathways in the brain, right? So I I just don't think, like, I think to use them and use them intelligently is fantastic. And, and I don't want to poo-poo them, if you will, uh, from that standpoint, because I, I actually really like the idea of a lot of these things. And I think if we just understand that there are already a lot of smart drugs out there, uh, even if you look at like something like alpha brain, right? For the most part, there's just natural compounds in there and you're just using them. Uh, I, I, I bring up alpha brain because it's so popular, but finding these things, like I, I think one of the best things for brain health, again, like you look at the lion's mane mushroom. I mean, it's, it's a huge one. I love also using the some of the ancient traditions of 
using what does the food look like? Well, a walnut kind of looks like the brain, right? So eat some walnuts for brain health. All these things I think go a lot more than we'll ever necessarily be able to quantify maybe. Uh, Maybe that's a good thing. So who knows? Uh, But really the biggest things I think that you can do for your brain, in, in my personal opinion, sleep, drink your water, eat a low inflammatory diet, eat the right amount of fats, carbs, proteins for you on that day. Show again, like show the gratitude, breathe properly, give some love, hang out with the people you love. Like that's, that's about all it is. And that's still going to be the best you can do for your brain health. Uh, hormone health, uh, is the next one that he brings up and people just like, I mean, crash their hormones right now. Right. So it's, you have to be able to, I think, I think you have to be able to know what it feels like to be healthy, right? Before you recognize like, oh, wow. And, and it's a dichotomy, right? Like you have to know what health feels like before you can almost get healthy, but to be able to want to go and do that uh, sometimes. Hormone health, uh, again, I think the things that I listed for brain health uh, apply the same way, I don't think. And the only thing I didn't add in there, exercise, like get your movement in. Uh, and again, I don't think that, Movement is going to look the same for everybody. I think there's just too many variabilities to that. You have to be doing your corrective stretches, corrective exercises to keep your body in line. And after that, do what you love. I think some type of strength work is good. I think some cardiovascular work done in the form for me of strength work is what I prefer. But I'm not going to be dogmatic and say that's the only way because flat out, it's just not. Uh, But thyroid health, uh, well, I'm saying thyroid um, hormonal health. I think biggest thing with hormones right now, you're going to see is a lot of people going with the keto, with the low carb, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, right? It's understanding that you might need more carbohydrates. You might need more protein. You might need more fat. Like those are going to be important to balancing out proper hormone profiles that I think some people will just be missing out on. Uh, next to the thing of the 12, Ben brings up stress and inflammation. The funny thing is like he keeps talking about breath work, right? So that just cracks me up from the standpoint of, okay, here is quote unquote, like the, one of the biggest biohackers in the world, right? And he still brings it back to breath work. I'm just emphasizing that for a reason. I hope you guys pick up on that. Uh, but another thing that I thought he said was really good. Um, I think they like he'd almost rather have some sugar than some of the uh, vegetable oils, right? And I love his point to this, uh, and I agree with him. Like neither neither are necessarily going to be good, but sugar you can, I mean, like in theory, like burn off. You can balance out with uh, other things to help with your blood sugar levels. I mean, apple cider vinegar, cinnamon. Uh, I think grapefruit seed extracts, like I'm just thinking of like common big ones that are supposed to help with balancing blood sugar, right? Uh, bitter melon extract, excuse me. That's what I was trying to think of. And those can at least help mitigate a blood sugar spike. Vegetable oils though, they make up your body now. Uh, like Paul check always says you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? So you take that garbage oil put it into your body like that's what's building your body there now right so 
you you can't get away from that like it's i don't know there's just not much to like that's a crazy amount of inflammation right there from all of the vegetable oils this is again not to say that you don't want to avoid sugars i think you do uh and stress stress is a tough one i mean i'm recording this in front of a computer i'm at least doing so uh semi outside uh have the windows cracked and actually recording this part of the podcast in my truck because well, I wanted to get outside a little bit more, uh, and I'm in between a couple of different meetings, so this was the easiest way to do it. And it's way too windy, and I don't think you'd be able to hear much, actually, uh, if I were fully outside. So that's my way of mitigating the at least the harmful outdoor, or, um, excuse me, indoor lighting, so I'm getting away from that somewhat. But hey, I'm still on my computer, uh, still not optimizing everything in my life, but I'm working towards it, right? I'm working on eating the best quality food I can. I'm working on getting the highest quality sleep that I can. So all these things can be good and bad stressors. And that's where still always take it back. Understand that there are good and bad stressors at all times. Next thing uh, Ben brings up here is immunity and cancer. Now, I think here, so the first thing he really touches on is like lymphatic flow and talk about like rebounding they talk about vibration plates like to me lymph still is movement like i i think like a lot of these things can still be hacks like it doesn't matter if you're not getting out and walking if you're not doing some of your proper strength training or whatever proper movement looks like for you i i still think that that's going to be more more of that movement throughout the day in order to really get that proper pumping of the body that you need. That's still going to be the biggie when it comes down to it. At least that's how I feel. Uh, There are, I mean, cancer, cancer is a weird one, right? There's so much that we tie to emotions, to fears, to all of that. And is, is, is cancer purely physical? Is cancer purely mental? Is it purely emotional? I I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think there's ever going to be one perfect cure for cancer. I do think that if you have cancer, there are lots of things that you can do with your nutrition, with your sleep, with with lots of things along those lines. But ultimately you still have to get your mind right to help, I think, clear the body uh, because the body, the mind, the emotions, like the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual are all tied together. And blockages, whatever you want to call it, whether it's, like I said, a blockage, whether it's just using it poorly in one versus another, I mean, you can have troubles uh, with any of those, right? Uh, But overall immunity, I mean, immunity still comes down to good health, right? I mean, one of the questions that was posed in the podcast was like, well, getting dirty, right? Like, yeah, like let those microbes, I mean, get them on your feet, get them in your hands, get them in your digestive tract. Like they're, they should be part of us, right? Don't, don't be afraid of dirt. Uh, I mean, there's a difference between to me and like filth and dirt. Like certain things are filthy and like disgusting and probably really not good for you. Like being covered in fecal matter, right? But if you are just getting muddy once in a while, like no biggie, you just rinse it off. I mean, 
probably make you a lot stronger for it then too. Uh, but immunity, same things I talked about with brain health, same things I talked about with um, where we have hormone health. Like those are all some of the biggest players for immunity too. So keep that in mind. Now, detoxification, I think, is a good topic. Uh, from the standpoint of, I think people people don't understand necessarily, like, uh, I don't think enough about detox. And what I mean by that is everybody thinks of, okay, well, I got to go on a cleanse, right? Well, what is a cleanse? And I think the one thing, Ben, that, I, that he pointed out, like, Three things you should be doing every day, like breathing. So breathing is a very cleansing mechanism, like a detoxification mechanism. One thing I was surprised you didn't put on here, but I mean, probably just goes without saying is um, drinking water and sleeping. I mean, I think those two are just so paramount to to the detoxification pathways too. Uh, but then he talks like the breathing, pooping, sweating. Like people don't always boop that much right like 12 inches a day no matter what like that's your bare minimum right so you got to be making sure you're pooping enough uh you got to make sure getting a little sweat in right that's that's amazing the skin's a huge detoxification organ like get stuff out through it breathing i think breathing we've touched on breathing we've continued we'll continue to touch on so making sure keep breathing right uh aesthetics beauty beauty symmetry uh was the next one and this is, I don't know, this is a different one, uh, I guess. But I thought the one cool thing that he did bring up that I, I do appreciate, um, reading about Weston A. Price, right? So if you haven't read Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, check that out. Uh, however, big thing about that, Activator X, uh, found in um, grass-fed butter oil. Uh, so rapidly growing grass and the cows when they eat it, like they really can uh produce a lot of good stuff the activator x is now known as vitamin k2 weston a price didn't necessarily know what it did or what it was maybe he just knows it's really good stuff right and so hey we have that going for us which is nice uh last thing talked about was longevity uh and i think a really cool thing here it still brings it back to blue zones i think blue zones like there's a lot of good points to be had with that so I think don't overlook those things, right? There's no smoking. There's they're always moving. So you you can't you can't take that out like, right? You have to just keep moving. You have that you have those relationships whether it's like a tight-knit family, a community, I mean you just have those good social relationships which are which are really important. Uh the one that I think is interesting is the high wild plant intake and wild is the emphasized word there. Yeah. Like they don't just grow all their foods. Like they'll go out and forage for it. And you know, we talk about like just immunity. We talk about all these things. Like it it just all wraps back together. Uh, and the high legume intake. So this is one I reading this, I was listening to somebody talk about it. Like, I just don't do enough of that. And I don't know why, because I feel really good when I do it. Especially, like, one of the things, I just love to make hummus, right? Well, I shouldn't say I love to make it. 
I love when Julie makes hummus. <laughs> she, in, in all seriousness, she does an amazing job of it, and I really appreciate when she does it. Uh, I can't quite get it the same way that she does it, um, but it's delicious, and that's one of those things. Like I love it, and there, I mean, I'm getting again my chickpeas in there, but I think it's you look at any of those. Like I think uh, I, I do want to start doing some more lentils now that I'm saying this. Uh, I'm not a big fan of a lot of different beans. Like I'll eat them, but they're not my favorite thing. So it's finding out which of those really just work best for you, for me, for whoever. Uh, but that is that is it for this first, I think, review podcast. Uh, sorry, it takes me a while. I'm I'm really working on this. Uh, I hope you guys appreciate this. I hope this. I hope you guys get a lot out of this because there is quite a bit that I'm putting into it. I really didn't realize the undertaking. Uh, my plan is that, again, I'll probably be doing them every two weeks, uh, but it'll be out a week or two after like the review period is up just because of I have to catch up. I take a lot of notes. I could do a lot of uh, listening to podcasts and trying to take this in a little bit more, a little bit better. So this was broken up. I hope everything uh, flows smoothly for you, and I'm going to be working on it. But big thing. Uh, if you guys like what's going on here, I mean, reach out to me, go to barenakedhealthpodcast.com, uh, contact me, and let me know what your questions are, or let me know if there's a podcast that I'm really missing out on that might be the the one to bring it all together. Hey, I might add it, I might not. I mean, I've realized how much this already is doing this, but please don't be afraid to ask some questions. Like this is, I'm really digging answering some of the questions like that are being posed on other podcasts just to give a little my input on it uh i don't know it's been fun so thank you again and i will talk to you guys soon